Hello and welcome to Comically Incompetent. My name is Doug, and this week was supposed to be the Avengers episode of the MCU in review, but we ran into some technical difficulties, so instead, this week we'll be showing you the unaired pilot of Comically Incompetent. So back in 2019, Ben and I did a test episode of the show to kind of see what what was the show going to be. We showed a few people just to kind of get some feedback, and it's a little dated, but it's different. I hope you guys really enjoy it. I mean, it's something that we we didn't plan on showing anyone, but now that we had a, had a technical error, you guys get to take a listen. So I hope you guys enjoy and really kind of see how weird it is, how much how far the show has come in the last year. And know that next week we will have the Avengers episode with Dom and Grayson. So get ready for that and please enjoy the unaired pilot of the show. Thanks. Welcome to Comically Incompetent. I'm Doug. And I'm Ben. And this is our podcast where each week we're going to be exploring a different hero hero from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, whatever you can think of, and also just enjoy a beer along the way. All right, so first we're going to talk briefly about, you know, kind of the podcast, why we decided to start it. We, we've been friends for quite a long time at this point. We met in college, bonded over what I would probably consider to be the fact that we're both uh, pretty big nerds. Wouldn't you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, more yeah I'd, agree. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Um, as well as Beck, you know, uh, enjoy a good beer. But we've been longtime listeners, different podcasts, and we figured, why don't we mix some of our favorite things, uh, enjoy a nice beer, talk about a hero, and kind of teach, teach everybody about a, a new superhero each week. Um, I think probably a great place to get started is uh, let's just briefly talk about our favorite superhero. You wanna you wanna get started? Who, who's your favorite superhero, Doug? Yeah, so I don't. Favorite superhero is a little tough because like anything X Men, but specifically I gotta say Wolverine, Angel, pretty darn cool, and uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, that's a that's a good one right yeah, there. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, mine, I actually tend to as you tend to be more towards the X Men. I'm actually a huge Fantastic Four fan. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Thing. Ben Grimm, the big, the big rock man bruiser of the Fantastic Four. Michael Chiklis, if you <laughs> Michael, will. The Michael Chiklis, Michael Chiklis the if you will. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, this week we are enjoying a Hofbrauhaus beer, their Hefeweizen, um, which uh, if you know or do not know is actually from southern Germany, which is where our hero is from. Isn't that right, Doug? Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about Nightcrawler, which I'm very excited for, and... Uh, the beer ties in, obviously, with his German roots, born in uh, southern Germany. Yeah. So, Nightcrawler is, member of the X-Men, as many know, he is a Marvel hero. Uh, we're going to be primarily basing it off of the standard main universe of Marvel, because alternate timelines and everything get all crazy. Yeah, well, it's 616. Yeah, so <laughs> Earth 616, as they call it. Uh, so, Doug, you want to go into the origin a little bit of our, our friend here? Yeah, so a little about Nightcrawler. Um he was born from two other superheroes who we have heard of before, I'm sure. Uh, Mystique, who we've seen a lot in the films, and Azazel, who we also saw in X-Men First Class. So, a little bit on them is uh, he was born from Mystique and Azazel, and, but his mom threw him away off a cliff, which is kind of dark. Mean woman. Yeah, mean woman. Threw him right off a cliff. Uh, but his father, Azazel, actually saved him and gave him to... Um, I always struggle with the name. 
I, I a gypsy queen. Margali, Margali I can get, but then it's like Sidaros. Sidaros? Yeah, I think it's Margali Yeah, Margali a gypsy Sidaros. queen who raised him and trained him as well. He joined the X-Men later on, and uh, Professor X actually saves him from rampaging a group of Bavarian villagers. And another thing about him that we see very strongly in the films uh, is his deep Catholic and superstitious roots. That's, that's actually one of the things I find more interesting. I've always had a, a big interest in the, the superheroes that are like canonically Catholic because that's you know obviously some a group that probably doesn't jump to believing in mutants and superheroes. <laughs> Devilry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's a pretty interesting guy. Um, that's actually kind of what pulled me into him. He's got a really cool set of powers. He's one of those guys where the more you think about it, he can be like the most overpowered kind of hero uh, throughout the day. But then, you know, he's got some some stark limitations. I think first kind of the, the, the first weird thing about him is he's a, he's a furry guy. He's, he's a yeah. little furry guy, yeah. you know. He's, I think no. the, mo- the most thing interesting about him, though, is like his look. He's got that blue furry kind of look, but then also the devil of his father. Yeah. <laughs> of the blue, like the tail with the little spike on the yeah, end and little, all that. What, one of the neat things I actually saw in um, some of my readings, and I've forgotten about this because I've seen a lot of them where he's kind of just martial artist. He's, yeah. So that's common ways. But he's actually an expert fencer. Um, and he actually... I didn't he, know that, actually. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. In some of the comics, he actually grabs his tail... And because his tail's got a little spike at the end of it, and he fences, like, traditional, like, not like swashbuckler, like, fences with his sword. It is I the weirdest thing. I know that. Thing. That's amazing. I need right. to look that up. I just I just finished reading the Draco series from the X, Uncanny X-Men. Nice. How was that? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Basically, it's, it's the same origin story that we already told them, but it's crazy the way that you find out Azazel had children with a bunch of different mutants... <laughs> to basically make this group of super teleporters that could get him out of this, like, op- this other realm, this other dimension that the angels put him into. Huh. Which is really interesting. And it's a so, good escape plan. Yeah, and Nightcrawler <laughs> is one of the most, like, strongest of his children, which is why he mostly would turn to him to well, be yeah. able to get him out. Because he had a few teleporters, but, like, the strongest of the teleporters is going to be Nightcrawler. Yeah, well, I mean, because Nightcrawler, uh, theoretically, as, as long as he's seen a location, he can teleport anywhere. I mean, you know, yeah. In some of the uh, some of the different iterations, you see him teleporting clear across the planet. You know, it's not as common because it's you know he he needs a clear mental uh, picture essentially. Um, I actually noticed one of the other interesting things about him is he has kind of a weird I can't remember exactly what skill they called it, but I think extrasensory. He has an extrasensory thing that when he imagines a location, he can teleport there obviously through his teleportation, um, but it always teleports him a couple inches off the ground. They they wrote that in because they're like what well like you know he, if he's five foot six because I think he's like around five foot six yeah, he's he, a little bit yeah, shorter of a yeah. guy, um, what if he imagines being like five foot five and then he's got an inch of foot <laughs> in the concrete yeah so they 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 gave him that, an extra sensory ability yeah to always teleport an inch or two above the ground that's amazing that makes sense too because <laughs> when you see him in like X two teleporting around he's always jumps to someplace else in the air yeah he's he always, doesn't he's really in the air. jump to standing ever. yeah. And it ends up not ever being an issue because um, he's incredibly agile. You know, he's because he, yeah. he was raised in the circus, so he's also That's on top true. of his yeah. powers. Yeah. He's the gymnast, essentially. Yeah, so the, the way the Draco series works, that actually skipped. It goes from his origin of, you see, mis- the mistaken Azazel, like we said, her throwing off the cliff, Azazel saving yeah. him. But it skips to, like, he's already an X-Men. 
Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's definitely a difference. The, so the, yeah. the middle zone, and it's not a ton of super important detail, except for uh, basically he gets sold to a circus um, in southern Germany. That's where he kind of trains his skills. He he makes friends with a couple other mutants that I think sometimes you see they're not they're not huge mutants, but uh, you know like shark kid kind of people or alligator. <laughs> shark boy and lava girl. <laughs> yeah, shark boy and lava girl. He makes friends with them at the circus. He does not, but that would be awesome. Um, but essentially, that circus gets purchased by like an eccentric American. Uh, I'm gonna call him Crazy Florida Man. Because <laughs> the circus ends up moving to Florida because of an eccentric Florida it's man. It's always crazy Florida man. It's always crazy Florida man. And so that, that's how he got to the U.S. Um, and then I can't remember if Professor X recruits him there or if he goes back to search for something in Germany and he gets recruited out of there. Um, it probably varies by by writer yeah. or artist, you know, where they decide to go with him. Um, so that's kind of like the bulk of... He's got a couple other skills. That's kind of the bulk of them, but... Um, yeah, I mean, the most important one is teleportation. That's yeah, the one we see that, on screen. That's the one we see in the comics the most. That's his, his OP power. Yeah. That's that's his, his super, if singular, power. Um, yeah, which I also find interesting that he didn't really get anything from Mystique besides the blue. He got the look yeah, and the powers it, from Azazel. Yeah, because he can't uh, transform yeah. like Mystique can, yeah. you know? Um, I, I, I will admit, I don't necessarily know. He has a couple other small ones possibly he got from Mystique. Possibly, um, yeah, that's like true. Like, he has night vision. That's true. Uh, I could believe Azazel has night vision. I don't know. Mystique's got those orange eyes in a lot of them. And for some reason, orange eyes make me think, maybe she has night vision, but... Possibly. Um, yeah, don't put 100% of your eggs in our basket. <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, 1995. Well, that's... 1995. The other tough thing is, you know... Uh, There's thousands of comics. Yeah, Nightcrawler's yeah. been a character for 70 years yeah. or something like that at this point. 60, 70 years. Um, we probably should have found that out before we really started people. recording. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been a good spot. Is your, we'll, we'll figure out the, the, the first date of his publishing, but... Um, you know, even like Doug was saying, his most recent one, that's a pretty recent comic book series, the Draco series. Draco, yeah, that was like 2003 to, yeah, I think about 2003. Yeah. So, I mean, these characters get remade, I'd say, every time. Yeah, remade, retouched. I mean. New artists. And, and I think that's one of my favorite things about uh, comic book characters in general, is the fact that everybody gets to put their own little take on it. You know, uh, for instance, uh, this is getting slightly sidetracked, but like a perfect example is current Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Um, nor totally different character in Star-Lord. He's normally... His original iteration was, like, an actual hero, not <laughs> not kind of the, the doofus that he is. Um, but back to... Essentially getting back to Nightcrawler. Um, just a few last things he's got. Uh, super flexible. Pretty darn fast. Um, he has little uh, suction cups on his fingers. That's how he sticks to walls. He actually has little... I mean, like, as little as, like, Spider-Man actually has some... Or yeah, he's got uh, Spider-Man's got the hairs. He's got the little like he has actual little octopus. I think it's supposed to be like what chameleons have. I think chameleons actually have those. Like it's supposed to be some science. So he's more of like a reptile. Yeah, he's more he's more of like a little furry reptile. Um, so <laughs> I imagine reptiles probably have some sort of interesting sight. Um, so yeah, that allows him to stick to walls. That's why a lot of times too in the movies you'll see him teleport and he'll latch onto a wall. Um, and why he's not afraid of teleporting midair because he's yeah he can he can stick latch onto something. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as uh, kind of what this character usually is, character's almost always a hero. Um, he's a good guy. It, I think that kind of goes to like the traditional, you know, his, his faith, I think, tries to lead him towards being more of a hero. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing. And like, especially because like, as far as Ben and I go, I'm definitely more into the movie side of these things. 
And in, in the film in X2, you see, he mostly does what he does because of his religion, his faithfulness to God and stuff like that. Yeah. And that kind of drive that very much drives him to be a good person. I mean, the, you see him be quote unquote evil sometimes, but especially like brainwashing. Yeah. Or like in the Draco series specifically, Azazel controls his mind for a brief time and like makes him do things that he doesn't even remember doing when he kind of comes to. So, but yeah, for the nine, he's a he's a hero. Yeah. Like through and through. I'd almost say leading into that, probably because I mean we've talked a lot about his strengths, what he's good at, what he's awesome at, you know, what, what makes him great. Um, haven't really necessarily discussed any weaknesses or character flaws. Cause he has none. Like that, Cause he has no weaknesses. Perfect. Perfection. Two, two immediately jump out to me. Uh, one thing is he is actually physically a human. I mean, you know, you can, he can get stabbed. He can yeah. get shot. Um, yeah. There's no like protection, like, yeah, like Juggernaut or something. Adamantium bone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vibranium shield. Um, he doesn't have any of that. So he is, you know, at his core, he is still just kind of a human physically as far as um, him getting hurt. And then I actually think he's a little bit, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say it. I don't want to say, <laughs> ig- well, I don't, I don't want to say that he's ignorant, but he's, uh, he's like a very simple person where like he's pretty easy to deceive. He's not usually like... Yeah. He he believes everyone's probably gonna be at their core a good person. Yeah, um, which is actually, yeah. in my opinion, either ironic or hilarious that his mother is Mystique, because her whole thing is deceiving people, and and her kid is the most believe every person he runs into. Yeah, well, both person. his parents are villains. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess they both are kind of definitely villains. Yeah. Know? So to come out and um, be that uh, the good guy who follows his faith and is very easily deceived by the villains to be. Yeah. Born of two main, not as much as Azel, but Mystique being one of the main, most main villains. Villain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's constantly, constantly a bad person. Except for in this new iteration of like the later X Men movies, like she, every every now and again they want to make her a good guy. The Jennifer Lawrence version is definitely a better version than um. Oh, I can't even think of her name. She hosts Skin Wars. Great show. I don't by even the way. know what Skin Wars is. <laughs> Phenomenal show. Apparently uh, Mystique's on it. <laughs> Did you know that? There's an X-Men. She hosts the show. The woman who played Mystique in the X1, X-Men, X2, and X3 hosts that show. Generally. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but... <laughs> bit of a tangent there. I had right. to get that out. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so generally speaking, as this guy throws through, he's pretty much an X-Men through and through. Yeah. You know, sometimes he goes off on his own solo adventures. Um, I read actually one where he... It's like his afterlife. Like, he died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually, like, a few comics based on his afterlife experience and how, like, he's... Basically, this angel comes to him and is like, you're not done yet. Like, you can't rest. <laughs> you're getting back out there, Exactly. Kid. Even though he's dead, he still has to do stuff. Well, I think that... I, I, I love that, like, divine symbolism of, like... Because when he dies, usually it's he goes to heaven. Yeah. You know, because he's identified as being this good character. And then these otherworldly angels, God, whatever it may be... Are essentially telling him, like, no, 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 you're too good. Like, we need you to, to go out there and keep doing good things, which is, yeah. like, so awesome about this character. Especially given, quite frankly, like, he's scary. Like, if you just looked at the character, if you looked at the character and said, this guy teleports around and sticks the walls, you'd probably think he's a villain, honestly. I mean, because he's, yeah. he's got blue, I'm going to call it, like, ruined skin. He has, like, like scar tattoo kind of things yeah. over his body. Which, did he, he did that to himself, though. Yeah, it doesn't make it look much nicer. No, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but that's just one interesting thing about it, is, like, he yeah. scarred himself in, like, these designs. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. I definitely another thing that goes back to kind of that Catholicism that he was he was brought up in. Um, definitely interesting. Uh, I actually those ones bring him uh, much closer to. I, I always like to compare heroes because not not everybody knows every hero, but everybody knows some hero. Um, Nightcrawler actually reminds me a ton of Hellboy, like a PG Hellboy. Um, One's blue, one's green. That's obviously a big red. difference. Or red. <laughs> oh my god. It's the Incredible Hulk. Red. Sorry, got uh, tripped up there a little bit. Um, but they both have the like the scarred runes on them. Yeah. Um, they're both demons, essentially. You know, Azazel's a demon, and uh, Hellboy's actually yeah. Satan's well, Azaz- son. Yeah, Azazel thinks of himself as the devil. Yeah. Quote, unquote. So then that would make Nightcrawler relatively, I guess, a demon. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, both Catholic, both, like, adamant Catholics, uh, both generally, this is a little detail, but both generally carry a cross on them, cross or crucifix, they usually have a necklace, um, or I think maybe even a full-size one, not sure, um, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting comparison, because I also really like Hellboy, because again, you know, I like these Catholic-themed heroes. Yeah, well, also Um, the teleportation thing plays a lot into just something, like, I guess... I can't think of a lot of two like movies that kind of play into that teleportation. Like a character able to teleport. Like there's a few like Jumper with Hayden Christensen. Where oh, I he, forgot about that movie. Same thing where he can teleport to wherever he has seen or been. Yeah, you remember the time Anakin teleported? Which <laughs> <laughs> is horrible. I love Jumper, but horrible movie. Yeah, but yeah, he kind of plays in. They kind of copied, I guess, Nightcrawler because yeah, that movie came out like 2009. Nightcrawler's been around since forever. Since forever. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, because I think it's it's really hard to nail this power. And honestly, of, of all the iterations that I've seen of Nightcrawler, because I've read a handful of different artist comics and, and seen a handful of movies, like X2 in uh, movies came out, you know, early 2000s. Um, I think it did the best job of making him both a clearly powerful, uh, clearly showing the way he teleports, but also not making the character shenanigans, as I might call it. I, I hate yeah. when they introduce a character, and X-Men is so guilty of this so much, is just bringing in Jean Grey and being like, how do we make her the most overpowered thing yeah. in the world? And I get it. Jean Grey becomes Dark Phoenix, and Dark Phoenix is supposed to be one of the most powerful things in the Marvel Universe. But you know, a guy that can teleport, you can also find a way to do that. And they don't. They're like, let's make him a reasonable character. And I thought yeah. they did a really good. Yeah, X two played a lot more into the superstition than they did because they recast into like, sorry, <laughs> and they did like a younger teenage version of Nightcrawler, and the newer ones in X Men Innocent X Men Apocalypse was the first one, and yeah, very innocent, very like childlike. He always wants to be, he doesn't want to be the blue devil looking kid. He wants yeah. to be young and he wants to have fun. And so when he jo- gets to like, um, the Xavier Manor and these mutants are treating him like a normal human being like he plays in that and becomes more of a teenager they go out and they go shopping and stuff like that like that's <laughs> kind of what you see out of this nightcrawler but you do see him fight and it's very interesting to see because they do the kind of same teleporting thing but they play a lot more into i think his like his acrobatics yeah doing lots of flips jumping off walls yeah but that's also i think the time period i think the cgi for 2017 was a lot better than 2003. Maybe, maybe so they can make him bit. flip a little bit better and make him teleport a little bit easier. But he's not a main character in that one. Like they made him a main character in X2. 
I think it was like interesting was for the time. People were like, we can make a good story about this dude that's, yeah, you know, this like really faith-filled individual, you know, kind of having yeah. conflict. And I think you know. teleporting is an overpowered superpower just in general. Yeah. So they have to make him this superstitious religious person, kind of like tone down his abilities, I guess. Because if he could just teleport anywhere, he could take down any villain if he could just be all over them and where yeah, they don't know right. he's going to be. So you kind of have to tone him down a little bit. I guess I think the religion, the superstition kind of is a good way to kind of bring him down. Kind of like Wolverine is overpowered because he can heal and he's metal. Not even metal, adamantium. Yeah. But they do a good job of using his personal life to kind of bring him to a lower, not as overpowered level. You know, I never really thought about it until you said that, but I, I think that really is kind of the way X-Men in general, they did, they did a pretty good job of that. I mean, you know, like, of... Picking a stark character flaw or something that really um, prevents the characters from being overly broken. You know, you have like characters like Beast, where incredibly intelligent, incredibly strong, but then not necessarily always a big fan of the fact that he is the Beast. Because, you yeah. know, what academic is like, I'm the Beast, you know? Yeah. Um, then characters like Cyclops, where Cyclops just has way too many personal relationships with every person on the planet. That's, and and yeah. he has to wear sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> he has to be cool. He has to be cool. <laughs> the one thing I find interesting about X-Men is that there's other heroes in the universe, like The Thing. And obviously there's moments with The Thing and the Hulk where they're like, I don't want to be this. Yeah. But that's such a main part of X-Men. is they It's a mutation, not a power. Yeah. And they push that so hard that they don't want to... It's a lot of shame in the X-Universe. Almost like they have that theme of coming out yeah. as mutant, which I find interesting, which I think also plays into like... These characters don't want to be these superheroes. They don't want to have these powers. Yeah. And that kind of makes them a little less overpowered. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm trying to think, like, Hulk, for the most part, like, when he's Hulk, he likes being Hulk. The Hulk likes to be out and Yeah, Banner rampaging. doesn't necessarily always want to be Hulk, but Hulk wants to always exactly. be Hulk. Or you have yeah. other heroes, like, just, who look different, who aren't, like, the normal, but they love having the powers that they have and being who they are. Whereas that's a big thing with the X-Men is they don't want to, they're awkward teenagers who don't want to be who they are. Yeah. I mean, you even think they're, you know, they've been sent away to a boarding school because yeah. the, the world's afraid of them, essentially. Which um, is so funny to me because you also have a spider guy swinging from the buildings, but no, no, we have to send this guy with sunglasses on to the special <laughs> school. What's scarier than the guy that dresses up as a spider? Nobody likes spiders. <laughs> Nobody wants to be... <laughs> like, everyone loves Spider-Man for some reason, but no one likes the guy who can turn into ice. He's an outcast who has to be sent to this school. Yeah. I yeah. don't... I don't. You, you can tell a real freak because they can shoot ice out of their hands. <laughs> it's not It's not the guy that turns giant and green and tears That's, down buildings. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that was kind of a pretty good general summary of Nightcrawler. I mean, I really like the guy. I know yeah. you're a fan of the Big guy. Big fan. Um... Definitely X-Men is going to be one we're going to have to come back to in the future. Oh, there's yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> there's X-Men. hundreds of X-Men. There, yeah, there, it's it's one of the largest like groups of any comic book. There have been literally hundreds of them. Yeah, and they all kind of change, too. I mean, when you have like Kitty Pride being Shadow Cat, oh, yeah. there's so many different variations of what Shadow Cat can do from the movies to the comics. There's a lot that we can cover in X-Men. Yeah. Also, uh, before we send off, is there kind of anything interesting last uh, week here or so in the comic book world, movie world, that piqued your interest? Comic-Con. Comic-Con Comic -Con was, was a big one. That was a big announcement um, for the MCU. Uh, being, what, Shang-Chi... Like, th three, four, seven thousand 
new things? How, how are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there's, there's Shang-Chi. That's going to be a big one. I'm excited uh, for that one. Eternals I'm excited for. I just read the Eternals on the Marvel app. Haven't Amazing. read it, but I've, I've heard only good things it's about gonna, the Eternals. It's going to be good. I also like the cast in that. Kumail Nagiani. Yeah. I like him. He's going to be good. Um... Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm very excited about that. Those are two of my two of my favorite heroes. Yeah, and Disney Plus. That'll I'll be say. interesting to see a full TV show, not just like a movie about. Yeah, that. they got Loki. Loki. Loki coming Which, in as another one. Okay, I, I know I that's the one I'm not sure about. I'm excited for it, but I'm sure the listeners have heard this a million times. But the font they used, the font was terrible. It was like clip art of different letters that they just kind of shoved into one thing. So the theory I've heard about it, and I think this is true because I saw some pictures from on set. Is supposedly he's going to be jumping through time. Yeah, well, and so what they yeah. tried to do was they're like, here's a really old L and a super futuristic O, and it's like, but it didn't, it, it didn't did play. not play it out. It didn't well. play. Like, I'm interested in that though, because we're losing all the character arc that we've seen in the movies. That's all gone. Yeah, because this is the Loki from the uh, other universe. Yeah, from the other universe that gets away with the Power Stone or uh, Space Stone. Space Stone. Space it's Stone. The, the it's the Tesseract. The Tesseract. Yeah, he gets away with that. What else do we have? WandaVision. We got WandaVision. Doctor Strange and Doctor Scarlet Strange Witch. 2. Apparently, Doctor Strange 2 is supposed to be kind of like a horror movie. I've heard that, yeah. yeah and it's also going to be... The, Wanda, um, the WandaVision show is supposed to lead into the Doctor Strange sequel. Oh, really? I, I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, it awesome. comes out on Disney Plus like a month or two before the Doctor Strange sequel, and that's supposed to lead in why she's kind of joined Doctor Strange. Oh, So I'm assuming we're going to get awesome. a Benedict Cumberbatch cameo. In there somewhere. Oh, that would be. I love Benedict. That's gonna be good. He's a really good doctor. That that's the movie in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe that every time I watch it gets better and better. It's Doctor Strange. I love it, except for the how many times Dormammu. <laughs> Dormammu, I've come to bargain yeah, a million times. It's like, <laughs> all right, this is ten minutes scene. Come on, we can knock that down to five. And then, of course, probably uh, for me personally, what I think is kind of the weirdest and most interesting is Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh man, I'm stoked for that. Yeah. Oh my I, god. I, I'm I'm joining the rallying cries on the internet, and I think they should have put a little lisp on Thor, <laughs> so that it was like Thor, like it was Thor, Thor, Thor. Yeah. Um, Love and Thunder, but that's gonna have um, it's gonna be the Natalie return Portman. of Natalie Portman, yeah. which I, I I think everyone was shocked that she was returning because I thought she had left and been like I don't want any part of this. Yeah, I thought she didn't want anything you to know? do with it. And now to be Thor. Yeah, she's going to be uh, Lady Thor, she Thor. The only the only downside I have is that I know in the comics there is Thor as a female as her own comic series. So I'm a little bummed that that fe- like the female Thor that we know has to share the screen and share the storyline with male Thor. So it would have been cool to like uh, once like Chris Hemsworth is done, we move on a few years later, then you bring back and you do female Thor. See, but as I, her own like amazing series. I, I think this could also just be a good um, kind of like the Captain America Falcon thing. This could be like a handing off of the mantle. Like Chris Hemsworth could be on his way out. With That's this. true. That's true. You know, which I think some of that stuff has worked. Um, for instance, I even think uh, Spider Man's almost like a little bit of Tony Stark handing off the torch. Yeah. You know, because he's now the smart techie. Well, that was the guy. whole thing of uh, Far From Home. Is he didn't want that mantle. Yeah, but he was he doesn't kind of, want to he's have forced to, to have it. When <laughs> everyone's like, "Are you the next Iron Man? Are you the next Iron Man?" He doesn't want to be, but he kind of has to be. Yeah. So that's true. They could do that with Thor. Of like, you're the you're the next Thor. Here's Mjolnir. No, not the Stormbreaker. Yeah, he's got Stormbreaker now because he Mjolnir was returned. Yeah, returned back yeah. to that dimension. <laughs> um, I like I like to think of Thor in that one losing his hammer. I think it's funny. Yeah, and the last <laughs> thing I think I could th- is what if. Oh my god! I completely show. forgot about what if. Yeah, that. 
I mean, that has the potential uh, to be one of the most interesting because they can go to any point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, from what I've heard, things. yeah, from what I've heard, it's animated, and they're going to have the yeah. voices of like, like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Chris, Hemsworth, Chris like, Evans. Uh, like, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to come back for a few cameos, like Iron Man. I also, I rest think in that peace. that may end up being, and this is something I haven't heard people talk about. That might end up being the highest budget animated show of all time. Because if you're going to have yeah. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth. Chris Evans, all these people, like, normally animated films have, like, one, two big voices, you know? Well, that's just Marvel. That's, that's yeah. Marvel and Disney saying, how much money will, can we put into this to make it the highest budget, but also highest grossing thing we can... Hey, so you know what? They've been knocking it out of the park. They, I mean, Disney has endless pockets. It's yeah. bo- bottomless <laughs> pockets of money. They just have, like, a Scrooge McDuck vault that they dive into every once in a while and swim in. <laughs> Their limitless pile of gold... Uh, well, so yeah, so we had a lot going on through San Diego Comic-Con, so it was a pretty crazy week. Um, I think that is a pretty good place to cap yep. it off here, though. That was a pretty good podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to ask for everybody's input. You know, how, how'd you like the show? What did you like about it? Um, yeah, just whatever you need to know. Doug, you got any send yeah. and, uh And tell us your dislikes, so we can take out things that you absolutely hated. Like, oh yeah, we can get rid of Doug. Doug Doug's optional. I yeah, I'm I'm expendable. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, tune in for the next one. Yeah, we'll see you later.